you are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked On Indians. I'm your host, Jeff Ellis, formerly 24-7, formerly of Scout, and if you looked on Twitter... Well, for me, it's today. For you, it'd be yesterday. Uh, also, I Indians prospect insider Tony Lastoria popped up on Twitter. I hadn't seen him on there in a bit of time, and he had tweeted at Justin about. Turns out that you know a lot of back and forth, but uh, it was actually really some great information because JC Mejia might actually be able to qualify for another option year, which is big. That definitely completely retells his story and position. It's long story short, uh, due to all of his injuries, he might qualify. That's what it kind of comes down to. But digging there allowed me to pull out a old article I wrote called The Can't Miss Kids from 2012 that you can go find uh, over on the website. It's pretty humorous to check out in the regard. I actually don't hate it. Like, there's some interesting things. I like kind of my approach to try to figure out why... Uh, the Can't Miss Kids Missed. B, it does show someone from a decade ago. My first major draft on IBI uh, was like the 2012 draft, I want to say. That's the Naquin draft. 2011, I was watching from the sidelines. So you know, this is not long after kind of me really diving into the draft for the first time and getting my feet wet. In addition to that, I mean, I'd been at the site for a few years at that point in time. I mean, or no, I had not. I joined in, I moved to, no. Gosh, I'm trying to go back. I'd been at the site a few years. Maybe that was not my first draft. I, I got to go look at timelines. <laughs> when was the Naquin draft? That was my first big draft. Uh, got distracted there for a second. Uh, if you missed it, uh, it is entertaining to go see what Jeff Passan tweeted out. Uh, he just uh, killed someone on Twitter. Uh, yeah, 2012 was my first one. His, uh, just... Jeff Passan, Jacob Wool. That's all you need. Go look that up. Uh, it's good for a laugh. So I, yeah, that was like, I joined, I got to New York in 2007. I started writing for IBI, I think in 2008. So it took me a little bit of time to, to get to the draft. They had another draft guy. Uh, cause I just, I remember, no, cause I was covering, that's, oh man. See, man, I can't even tell my own story correctly. <laughs> that's not right at all. I was well into the draft at that point in time. Uh, the first draft I covered would have been the Pomeranz draft. Uh, let's see. the Because I remember I did not cover the Chisholm Hall draft in 2008. So it's the 2009 draft. Man, I've been doing this longer than I thought. Yeah, you kidding me? Uh, I had my biggest, my first big success was the 2011 draft with Francisco Lindor, where I mocked him there earlier in the process. And then follow that up by getting the Frazier pick right. Uh, 2009 was the Alex White draft. So that was my first big year. I remember podcasting that evening. I distinctly remember this. Andrew Zajac, I don't know where you are, my first podcast partner. Uh, we I can't remember what we called our podcast on Indians Prospect Insider. It's been so long. Uh, is there anyone out there who listened to that one? Let me know. Uh, back when we were using blog talk radio. Uh, at IBI. That's where I cut my teeth. It was with Andrew Zajac. Uh, Andrew, if you've ever listened, let me know. Love to hear from Andrew or anyone who listened to that podcast back in 2009. 
But I remember us sitting there doing a live draft. It was, I won't lie, the night of the draft, the numbers for that podcast were as good as, if not better than, the average show here. Uh, it got a lot. You know, IBI had some reachings of pool back in the day. And as one of the few sources on the draft, we did really well. Uh, the humor of that draft, in retrospect, of course, you know, that is the Mike Trout draft. I remember being blown away when Matt Purk went one pick before with the Rangers. Uh, he didn't sign. And then was it the Nationals drafted him high again. He just kept, he's a high school kid with a bad delivery who had some really, you know, I'm not going to say it was Daniel Espino, but there was that whole thing, like big stuff, shaky delivery, injury questions. Uh, but he just kept getting drafted high, and it was a whole big to-do. And I remember every single time being like, why is this guy still dra- getting drafted this high? Uh, the Indians, of course, took Alex White. He of what, 34 games in the big leagues. Uh, two picks later is A.J. Pollock. Four picks later, you have Shelby Miller. Kyle Gibson went in the first round. That's who I wanted the Indians to draft, if I'm being honest that year. I really liked his uh, what he was doing at the University of Missouri at the time, uh, just in the SEC. I remember that. Uh, Randall Gearchuk, of course, Mike Trout now. Trout was not the guy I wanted them to draft that year. Uh, he was not, but he was in my top three. At that point in the draft, he was one of the top three players I liked on the board. Uh, it was White. It was Gibson. Those two, though, were head and shoulders above Trout. I, I liked White and I liked Gibson. Then you had a drop down to Trout there. Uh, you know, you can't always be 100% right all the time. You know, I can go back to being the high man on Aaron Judge when I put him 15th or 16th on my big board. Uh, you go back and redo that draft. He is probably the top pick. So, or no, I'm sorry, Trout was not third. He was fourth. I really liked Tim Wheeler. There he was. There he is. So, I think I actually wanted Wheeler, no, Gibson, Wheeler, White, then Trout. That was it. That was the list I'd forgotten about. Number five was James Paxton, if you were curious uh, at the time. Oh, Matt Davidson was, was probably about six or seven as well. That's a fun class to go back and look at. Uh, it was an interesting you know, year because uh, we didn't have a slotting system and the Indians were spending back then. Those were fun times. That's when the Indians were uh, going crazy with bonuses, taking risks. Unfortunately, uh, they don't always work out. Now, Jason Kipnis in round two was fantastic for them. Third best second rounder that year, fourth best second rounder. I still think Patrick Corbin will probably pass him, DJ LeMayhew and Nolan Arenado higher. You got Billy Hamilton in that round, Steve Matz, Michael Givens. There's some guys you could see that year, 2009. If I was still writing, I'd be going back and doing some redrafts uh, pieces because everyone loves to read them. And they get a lot of hits. They're just smart pieces to work on. Uh, but yeah, it was the Indians uh, didn't do too bad in 2009. So yeah, that was my first draft. Uh, I don't know what I was thinking with that 2012 stuff being my first draft. I was well first in the draft by that point in time. Uh, man, off the wheels. I really just... Uh, went right into right field on this one uh i always ask for feedback so do people like it when i just kind of veer when i go dig into the history of this or that is that a fun thing is that a not so fun thing what are you thinking let me know uh let's talk about the rest of the game from yesterday i need to go and dig up ahmed rosario did something that had never been done in baseball history before now that's always interesting to see because baseball history is uh, you know, it's long and there's so many games. There is a lot of games 
Uh, so you think things are going to happen. But he became the first player to go 5-for-5 five five with five RBIs, an inside-the-park home run, and a normal home run in a single game. Now, those are a lot of qualifiers, but still, it's interesting that that has never happened. An inside and outside, 5-for-5, five five and five RBIs. Uh, yeah, again, like I said, it's, it's very much... It's not like it's some great accomplishment. It's just more the randomness of the requirements. But still, there has been a lot of games, a lot, a lot of games in baseball history. So to have something that has never occurred before occur, that's cool. I'm sorry. That's just, it, it's interesting to see that in my opinion. Uh, you know, I didn't get to, let's just do what I typically do with a game. Let's, let's dive into this. And who reached base twice? Well, Miles Straw went two for five. Med Rosario went five for five. Uh, Bradley Zimmer had a hit and a walk to reach base twice. Owen Miller had two hits in this one as well. Rosario with the two home runs gets him up to 10. Uh, last time I checked, Francisco Lindor is at 11. Just to put that out there. Again, Lindor is the better player. Don't let anyone convince you otherwise. I just like to stir the pot. Bobby Bradley with his 12th home run of the year in this one. Uh, let's see. You had... Uh, Plesak, seven innings, two hits, seven Ks, zero walks. That's one of his strongest performances, and I feel like that's now like two of his probably five best performances in like his last two to three starts. Nick Wickren, a nice one inning, one hit, nothing else performance. Uh, Cleveland Bourne, I'm always going to add that. Uh, Alex Young, one inning, he gives up two runs in the ninth, on uh, one hit and a walk, and that, he also hit a batter. Uh, Plesak also hit a batter, so there were two hit batters. Let's just do the scoring opportunities. Cleveland had two hits, uh, or 11 hits and two walks. That's 13 opportunities. Kansas City had one walk, two hit batters, five hits. They had eight opportunities. On their eight, they only got two. On the Indians, 13, they got seven. Whenever you can get you know, a run for every two, that is really good. They were really efficient in this one. Uh, Rosario is fantastic. Nice to see Bradley Zimmer starting to... He's going to be like Mercado, maybe. Just hot, cold, hot, cold. Owen Miller, is hopefully we'll get him above the Mendoza line soon. Bobby Bradley uh, has had his own set of issues, but the power is still there. I was thinking today. If you remember, think back when I talked on this podcast about the idea of the Indians being involved in a three-team trade and sending prospects to the Pirates, where the Pirates would send Brian Reynolds to Atlanta and Cleveland were just were to get Christian Pache. I was looking at Keith Law's top 50 prospects today. By the way, zero Indians listed. That's neither here or there, but just something that people might be interested in. But he talks about Pache in like, I don't know, the 20s or 30s, and about the problem with the glove first guy and the power potential uh, with Pache still being there. And it made me think. Yes, Miles Straw has no power at all, but. With five years of control and a proven player, I get Pache's ceiling is higher. And this is a guy who was considered a top 10 prospect in baseball at one point in time, you know, just like Ahmed Rosario and uh, Lewis, Him- Lewis and Andres Jimenez. Who's Lewis Jimenez? I don't know. Andres Jimenez. Uh, you know, there is that pedigree and there's that potential. But is Miles Straw a better acquisition? What do you think? Yeah, Pache's got the ceiling. Pache's, he might have one more year of control, two more years of control. Uh, he's been up and down a bit this year. I don't know how much has been burned, and Straw was up and down until this year. But the Indians still got a lot of years of control for Straw, 
glove first guy, gold glove level. Pache is, I mean, once you reach a certain point, guys like Pache and Straw are all about the same in terms of defensive value. Uh, both can strike out at a decent rate. Straw does have some have uh, some swing and miss. Not a ton, but it's there. Pache definitely has more. And Pache does have the power potential, but Straw has proven on base skills. So, eh, you know, just one of those things. I was looking at those rankings, and I thought, I win all this, you know, I spent so much time before the trade, dead, trade deadline. Like, the Indians need a center fielder. The Indians need a center fielder. Looking at some defensive first guys, uh, you know, I'll toot my own horn. I've been talking about Miles Straw as a trade candidate for, I don't know, almost since I started on this podcast. Uh, anyone who listens for a while can attend, attest to that. Not attend to it, attest to it. And they added him. And I think the valuation on him, because the the very low power potential, though he has, what, four home runs this year, uh, it's been mildly humorous to see some of uh, his power outbursts with the Indians. It's it's not like it's growing. It is what it is. Uh, But the valuation on Miles Straw, what they got in terms of value for a reliever and a first baseman masquerading as a catcher in low A, still phenomenal. I don't care. I mean, I know this team, the bullpen is just a, an absolute disaster. You could use much harsher language if you wanted. But when you can trade a reliever who's not a proven back-end reliever and get your center fielder of the future for five years, a position that this team has not had stability at in a very, very long time, that's phenomenal. I'm just going to you know, take a moment, praise the front office again, you know, yesterday's show, I went in-depth discussing that Clevenger trade a year later and how it has some Cologne-like vibes right now. You look at what they did this deadline with their big move, adding straw, and you look at the value of what they sent versus the value of what they're getting for terms of need. And again, it's just you sit back, and the nice thing about being an Indians fan is it is a front office that is incredibly smart and incredibly good and doubt them at your own risk. I, I mean... I don't always agree with them. I did not love the Lindor trade. That is out there. That is on record. Was not the biggest fan of that trade. I don't look the smartest because of that. I just don't. That's the truth. Uh, You know, we have different draft grades. At some point, we'll go back and I should really do my shadow draft uh, for the Indians. Maybe I'll do it on the podcast. Uh, But go back and review those. Like, some years I beat them. Some years I'm worse but that's like the only time you can really catch this team is their draft record can be a little up and down. But man, those trades, those evaluations, uh, it doesn't it feel good to be an Indians fan. Doesn't it feel good? You know, you sit there and you look at some of the things the Cavs have done. The Browns are much better run now, but you think about our long history as Cleveland fans there. And then you just look at the Indians. Like they don't, they don't miss. They don't make a ton of mistakes. I mean, I was trying to think recently when I was talking about like, the misses they've made and you know the the biggest one of the past few years and now i can't even think who i said that was uh yeah occasionally they miss but even on the guys that they missed on like aguilar and like urshila two other teams skipped on those players before or gave up on them even after performance because of struggles so yeah it i'm just gonna take a moment praise this front office and let's take a quick commercial break we're gonna come back talk about today's game in the third part but in the second part i want to talk about an article that the Athletic had. I talk about the Athletic a lot because I think it's a great website. I do pay for a subscription to that website, but I want to talk about the expansion draft, talk about what went on in that piece, and talk about why I uh, I don't I disagree 
Zach Meisel is fantastic at what he does. But in this case, I'm going to disagree with him and his choices. Does this sound familiar? You got one device to let you catch the game live, another to let you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone. You've got your neighbor's best friends log in for the good stuff. For me, that's HBO. Well, I want to tell you a simple way to get all of the entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream. It brings your live TV and your on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows in one place. That means no more juggling remotes. No need to buy another device ever again. And but the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and confusion and get on and get your TV together with Direct TV. Stream. Direct TV stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible devices required. Content varies by package. And uh, it's a really good product, uh, taking looks at it, but man, is it really hard to not add a that's what she said joke there. So I'm going to do it here. Uh, if you listen to the show, tell me if you caught the joke. I can't help myself sometimes. Hope you enjoyed a quick little laugh here. So let's talk about... I. So I want to give some credit. A few years ago, Taylor Blake Ward got a group of us together to do a an expansion draft. Like he had this together. Whew, this It must have been three, four years ago. I'm not even sure if I was doing Locked On yet. Uh, we got it all together. We got people. We got teams. We got, I think I still might have my list somewhere of protected players and like a group chat that I should see if it still exists somewhere in the Twitter DMs. And it's a fun idea. It's always a fun idea to go and look at such a thing. And I love that The Athletic did it. And I'm not going to sit here and give away all of what Zach wrote up. But the first thing when you look at it is the Indians have a lot of talent. Uh, They're going to lose players. And I thought it was interesting. To me, uh, Zach decided his hardest player to leave left was Eli Morgan. And unsurprisingly, uh, the first player the Indians lose is Eli Morgan in this mock expansion draft. Me, personally, there's no way. This is the one time I'm going to strongly disagree with Zach. You need so much starting pitching always. I would have never left Morgan unprotected with what he has shown this year. Uh, Who would I have considered instead going through his list? For me, it was Bobby Bradley, Owen Miller, and James Karinchok. Those are the three guys. Likely Miller or... um, Bobby Bradley were the guys that would have left unprotected. Just because first baseman, I mean, they're a dime a dozen. If you lose him, you can go and find a C.J. Cron in free agency. It's just such an easy position to replicate on the cheap. Let's see what C.J. Cron, if you're not following through, let's see what he's doing this year in his uh, traveling through the abyss that is baseball. He has been (laughs) C.J. Cron, for those paying attention, 27 2017 with the Angels, 2018 with Tampa, 2019 with Minnesota, 2020 with Detroit, 2021 with Colorado. Uh, And so far this year, he's got a 925 OPS. You go back, LA, 741, 816 Tampa, 780 Minnesota, 894 in Detroit, 925 this year, uh, 1630, 254, and 25 home runs. OPS, the worst OPS plus he had during that time was a 104. You can find average cheap. And you want to know how much C.J. Cron has made during that time? His highest salary, uh, $6.1 million last year. 2.3, 4.8. And this can't be right. <laughs> List his Colorado salary is $100,000. He's got to make it. That's not even the league minimum. Uh, so, But he might be league minimum. Also, Colorado, what are you doing? Like, 
you're telling me you couldn't, I feel like I'm getting loud, right? You couldn't trade this guy for something for a team as bad as they are. Why are they holding on to a 31st, a 31 year old first baseman? He's got a 3.2 war. He's OPS plus a 135. He's having a fantastic year. Colorado, why did you trade nobody? Colorado, what are you doing? I'm sorry, you know, Denver fans. I know we had our issues in the 80s with football, but nobody deserves what that team is putting that fan base through. I'd like to officially nominate myself for the Rockies' next GM. Uh, Let's get behind it. Come on. Can I really do any worse than this team has uh, this past year? I don't think so. But my point is you can find a C.J. Cron. He has been bouncing around baseball yearly, even with league average production as his worst performance so I, I expose Bobby Bradley personally. I'd rather keep Owen Miller because of the potential ceiling uh, and because he has option years. If you're curious, in the piece, uh, the players that the Indians lose were Morgan and uh, Oscar Mercado. I mean, at, at the same time, like Mercado is a player I probably designate for Simon at the end of the year, so I'm more than okay with that. And like I said, I like Bobby Bradley. I'm interested to see what he can do the rest of the year. But first baseman are a dime a dozen. I'm not going to give up a starting pitcher or risk losing a starting pitcher for a first baseman. That's just me, though. Tell me what you think. Am I wrong? Am I right? Uh, Are you going to support my candidacy to ascend to the Rockies' GM position? Uh, You know, just kind of let me know what you're thinking. Uh, Like I said, I think these type of things, just like the redraft pieces, are fun. I just thought it was worth talking about. Am I crazy? Or do you think that there's just absolutely no way you can sit there and leave a starting pitcher unprotected. I just, for me, that's a no-go. That's always going to be a no-go. They have so much value. I mean, even to the right team, someone like Eli Morgan's going to have value because you get five years of a guy who looks very safely like a back-end starter who is missing bats this year. Uh, you know, gosh, we'll talk in the third part. Logan Allen, what's happening with him? But that's another example. You can never have too many starters. Like, I was all for just designating Logan Allen for assignment. Now he's all of a sudden, the Indians do what the Indians do, I guess. He's another strong start against the Royals this time. Again, he's not facing the toughest competition. But here's a lefty. They might find a trade market for him. If they need to move off, there's going to be some team out there like the Royals, a team that thinks it is their time to take that next step forward, who think that you know the Royals went out and spent in free agency. They went out and made some moves you might be able to get an interesting high-A prospect, a back-end-of-the-top-ten type for a Logan Allen when, at the same time, like I said, he's a player I was like, oh, just he's an easy cut when we were trying to come up with who you're going to cut to add players to the 40-man. Uh, he pitches well. And this is, I've talked about, like, let the young players play, see what they get. This is genius. This is, Logan Allen should get, should remain in this rotation no matter what. Because if he pitches, the more he pitches and the better he pitches, remember, he has draft pick pedigree. He has top 100 prospect pedigree. This is a player who has high amounts of pedigree where teams are going to be able to talk themselves into him. Uh, And again, if you're the Indians, you already have a solid six. If Logan Allen can pitch really well in the final months, he is going to be an interesting trade asset. He really is because he's a lefty with pedigree. And you might be saying, hey, you can never have enough pitching. This is true. But this is also the situation where it might be very smart to be able to sell high on him. Uh, Like I said, we'll talk about his performance in the third part of the show, but Logan Allen has to remain in this rotation. 
keep him in there. If he keeps going six and giving up three or less, or going seven and giving up three or less, he's taking himself off of that cut list and putting him in that list of like teams need starting pitching. Teams don't want to go out and pay the ridiculous cost to get start to get starting pitching on the free agent market. Invaluable to get a guy with what five years of control, four years of control. Uh, Logan Allen could turn into one of the Indians' best trade assets this offseason. That's all I'm going to say. Let's talk about rockauto.com. Let's go to rockauto.com right now. Uh, You know what I need for my car is some new windshield wipers. Let's go figure it out. I have a Ford Focus. I type that in. I click 2016 model. uh, And I can just sit here and go through and find my version of a Ford Focus. And there it is. And like I said, you can go wiper and washer. Let's see what they got. Uh, windshield wiper blades. How much would these set me back? Four forty-seven. I can get one for the for the rear. I can do a four forty-eight, five ten. Uh, these have little information like hearts next to it, letting us know it's one of their most popular parts. Uh, all sorts of great information. All these different types: conventional frame, beam standard. Winter, beam extended life, hybrid, whatever you need to know. And even like this, so the hybrid one, it can fit left or right, but they're also letting you know it does have a one-day delay. So they're giving you this information. I can click on promotions and rebates and see that the clutch systems currently have a rebate. AC Delco remain parts, engine oil from uh, mobile. How about some spark plugs from AC Delco or mass airflow sensors from BSE? There's always deals going on. It's worth it to go check that out. And you can they even tell you how to check the status of your rebate. They are there to take care of you. And when you go to rockauto.com, make sure you put in the little box that we sent you. The Locked On, Locked On Indians, Locked On MLB, some form of Locked On sent you there. And again, it does not have to be for the car aficionado. It can be for me. It can be for someone who can knows how to do windshield wipers and uh, filters. That's about all I can do. But I can still save money by doing it myself and going to rockauto.com. Our other sponsor today, and I mean that, uh, I know other, we don't do any othering here, but this is a fantastic sponsor as well, and that is betonline.ag. Let's go see, we have not had a chance, it feels like in forever, to go see what they have for a line. Uh, The Cleveland Browns line for this weekend against the Kansas, wait, no, that's not what we're doing. Uh, Unsurprisingly, the Browns are not the favorites in that one. Let's go check out MLB Baseball. Thursday. There's no games, hardly any games listed for that Thursday box score. Uh, the Indians do play. I was like second guessing myself. Uh, they have a playing the Royals at 7 for whatever reason right now over at betonline.ag. They only have the Brewers, Giants, and the Red Sox, Tampa Bay Rays. I'm sure the Indians will eventually be over there. You know, I, I'm never good at guessing, but I would think the Indians would be favorites in those games. Though you never know, because it is at Kansas City and that whole home away thing, which doesn't seem to be as big of a deal in baseball, but it's still there. Go to betonline.ag today. Use that promo code locked on to get a 5050% bonus on your first deposit. Go check it out for yourself. Anything you can imagine, they have a line over at betonline.ag. Promo code locked on. So the uh, limited time here, we should probably talk about the fact the Indians are already up to eight on their expanded roster. We didn't even touch on the fact that Tristan McKenzie and Harold Ramirez were both activated off the injured list. I also got an email today that Aaron Savale was uh, officially activated in Akron, so now Roberto Perez and Savale are down there. 
I will be curious to see you know how players get moved around when like Perez and Zabali are healthy. Uh, they love carrying three catchers. I don't know if they will can if they will. Uh, it does seem like they are set up for kind of short term a catcher with Gianpaolo uh, Gonzalez. Uh, McKenzie, I think, is slotted to pitch this week. Uh, we'll still see. You know, limited innings, I feel like, for him. I know if you read between the lines, basically, he was put on the injured list as limited innings. Like, okay, he can't pitch. We're not going to send him to the minors. He can travel with the team if he's uh, on the injured list. That he has just, you know, so many innings left in his arm this year. But uh, enough of discussing that. We don't have a ton of time left. So let's dive into what we got in this game today. So as I mentioned before, Logan Allen went six and two thirds, five hits, two walks, three strikeouts, gave up three runs, only two of them earned. Let's see, where is he pitch wise? Uh, only seventy six pitches. You know, they end up going to Brian Shaw to finish off the seventh inning, but six and two thirds, three runs, two earned. That is back to back strong starts for Logan Allen. We discussed why I think that is a situation where. Dude can have trade value. He just could. Uh, so, I guess because Whit Merrifield is... Uh, I hate... I don't know. Why do I go to ESPN? I'm not going to dive into the play-by-play. I'm recording, so I'm not watching it right now as it's happening. It's currently a 3-3 three to three tie. Uh, thanks to Yu Chen Chang going deep again. He has been... Playing more and playing better. That is, for him, his seventh home run of the year. He hit it in the seventh inning, which feels appropriate. Uh, Luis Jimenez had a big hit as well in this one. The Indians are trying to uh, trying to come back and win this. Over the course of this game, we have had four walks for the Indians, six hits, ten base runners. They also had an error, which, you know, unfortunately, that hedges throw. Uh, Miles Straw was also picked off, so a bit sloppy for them. We're on the other side of things, Mondesi and uh, Hanser Alberto have some stolen bases. They only have three walks and five hits, but nobody. a uh, wild pitch by Kowar. So, look, eight opportunities for them, ten for the Indians. We'll see how it goes. It's been uh, it's been an interesting game. Miles Straw has reached base twice. Bradley Zimmer has reached base twice in this game. Andres Jimenez... Uh, slash Yuchen Chang. Second base has reached base twice because they went and brought in Chang as a pinch hitter when he hit that home run. Uh, it's weird. Like, Jimenez was the central piece for Lindor. And yes, the pinch hitting worked. Uh, Chang hit a home run. But at some point, if he is the centerpiece of that trade, and I, I fully believe he's the centerpiece, don't you gotta let him just play? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Bradley Zimmer. Seems to have cemented that right field job. Harold Ramirez today coming in, playing in left. We'll see what they do for the rest of the year from here on out. We'll see if they can manage to win this one. We'll certainly talk about it on tomorrow's podcast. Uh, that's all we're going to have time for today. I'm already past the 31-minute mark. Remember to rate and review, download daily, give me feedback. What you like, what you don't like. Uh, if I don't hear from people, I don't know what's good. I just kind of end up in this little bubble of uh, what amuses me. And what amuses me is very rarely what amuses others. So you're going to get stuck with a lot more things like what I did in segment one, if you leave me alone, where I go down rabbit holes of my own history as a writer and of drafts in general. Like this will just turn into locked on Cleveland Indians drafts if you let me do it. Uh, that's 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 a threat. And uh, I, I would enjoy it, but I don't think anyone else would. 
Uh, remember to rate and review the show. Download daily. Those things are paramount to helping our show grow. Uh, we slid back a little bit. So remember, that's your job as a listener. That is what I'm tasking with you out there. Uh, even if you are like me and someone who doesn't have an iTunes account so you can't do a review, just download the show daily. That's huge. That's helpful. Uh, if every single listener downloaded every single day, uh, we'd break the top 100, which is my goal. And then after that, breaking the top 10 baseball podcasts over here on Locked On. And there's only 32 podcasts. We're just trying to crack into that top one third. Let's, let's go for top 11, right? We can get there. Uh, I've been Jeff Ellis. You can follow me on Twitter at JeffMLBDraft. Uh, remember to vote in my Is Lindor's Contract Right Now the Biggest Albatross in Baseball? Yes or no? Uh, and for the next year, go Tribe. And after that, go, go Guardians, go.